You may find it helpful to keep your Bibles open at the reading from Joshua chapter 2, page 216 in the Church Bibles. I'll be mentioning some of the verses as we go through this talk. Now before a battle or conquest, it's important to know key things about the enemy and the enemy's land, isn't it? So intelligence gathering from behind enemy lines is important. Enables battle plans to be made. Sometimes spies are helped by double agents or others from the enemy side who give them information. I don't know whether you're into 007 or other spy thrillers. You know the sort of thing I mean. And of course, those who go behind enemy line to gather information can be admired for their bravery because of what might happen to them if they're caught. Now in today's reading, the Israelites sent two spies into the land they were about to enter. And these spies were helped by a citizen from the enemy's side. The Israelites, the situation was, was the Israelites were a few miles to the east of the River Jordan. And I'll just, they were, you can see the River Jordan going through the centre there. And they were there um, near that, that place called Abel Shatin. Now, forthcoming, forthcoming campaign they're about to embark on was extremely important. It would, no, it would be no less than their entering the land promised to them by God way back in Genesis. But Joshua, Israel's new leader following Moses' death, knew he needed information on the enemy and the land before they entered it. So he sent in the two spies. Now look down with me at verse 1. Joshua said to the spies, go look over the land, especially Jericho. Well, why especially Jericho? Well, it was the first main strategic stronghold they were going to come across after they crossed the Jordan. And it was apparently a particularly tough and impenetrable, impregnable stronghold. Now when the Israelite spies came to Jericho, they entered the house of Rahab, who was a prostitute. Now there is no suggestion in the Bible that there was any sexual relationship or desire between Rahab and the spies. It's possible, some suggest that Rahab's house may possibly have been used as a kind of inn, which would have been a logical place, wouldn't it, for spies to stay and to gather information. Like in the local pub, there'd be a number of local people there. And maybe in a fortress city like Jericho, some military people, maybe the spies might be able to overhear some conversations. And Rahab welcomed the spies and in fact gave them lodging. And this led to her and her family being spared from the destruction she knew was coming to Jericho. Now, it may be easy to think that she welcomed the spies merely as an expedient way out of an inevitable death when the Israelites attacked. But that's that's not how the Bible sees it. The Bible commends her welcoming the spies an example as an example of genuine faith in God. Now her faith is commended twice in the New Testament. The book of James says her deeds 
her deed, her taking the spies in, showed her faith was genuine. And the book of Hebrews includes her in a list of Old Testament heroes of faith because she was not killed with the disobedient. And she's mentioned a third time in the New Testament, this time in Matthew's Gospel, where she's listed in the human genealogy of Jesus. So we'll see in the next few minutes three things about Rahab's faith. We'll see that it resulted in a good deed, that it resulted in her rescue, and that her faith was surprising. And then lastly, we'll note that the um, spies report brought courage. Let's move this down a bit so I don't hiss so much. <laughs> now, now first, the first main point is that Rahab's faith resulted in a good deed. Well, the spy's attempt to stay undercover was unsuccessful. Verse 2 says, the king of Jericho was told of the presence of the spies. Maybe someone in the inn recognised they were Israelites and reported them to the authorities. So, in verse 3, the king sent a message to Rahab to hand the spies over. But verses 4 to 7 record that she lied to the men the king had sent by telling them the spies had already left the city and that the king's men could track them down and capture them as they returned towards the Jordan River. But all the time she was hiding the spies on the roof of her house. Now yeah, Rahab's lie uh, is a difficult question raised by this passage. If we think about it, she may have faced a dilemma. Either she could tell the truth, which would almost certainly have resulted in the execution of the spies, or she, could, or she should tell the lie to protect the spies. So she acted on the higher moral command to save life over the lower command to not lie. But it seems there's something more than this moral dilemma for Rahab. You see, she was a non-Jew and so was outside God's special Old Testament people of Israel. But she had come to have a faith in Israel's God. And her faith in God resulted in her becoming part of God's people. The book of Joshua later confirms that when Jericho was destroyed in Joshua chapter 6, Rahab was not only saved but included in God's people. She felt a new allegiance to God's people. So she naturally wanted to help them in their warfare. And this for her meant doing the good deed of giving lodging to the Israelite spies. Now what, what's this say to us? Now in the New Testament, those throughout the world and in any nation or race who trust in Jesus as their Lord and Saviour are God's people, they're God's family. So when we first turn to Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we, we become part of God's family. That's the true church. Now this inevitably leads to us wanting to be with God's people, to worship with them, to hear God's word with them, to do good deeds, helping them practically and working with them, using whatever skills we have in God's work, which is spreading the good news about Jesus. Now the Bible is clear that Christians are to do good deeds where we can for all those in need we come across. 
But as the early church leader Paul says in his letter to the Galatian Christians, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So Rahab's faith in God led to a new allegiance to his people. So she protected their spies. See, Rahab's faith resulted in a good deed. Now, the second thing about Rahab's faith is that it resulted in her rescue. Now, Rahab had heard of what God did to rescue his people from their enemies. And she had heard of his calamitous judgment on those enemies. She had heard about what God had done. Let's look at verses 9 to 11, where we see she'd heard about what God had done by rescuing the Israelites through the Red Sea. And that the two great and two great kings, or two kings east of the Jordan and their armies, who had attacked the Israelites, were destroyed. And the population of Jericho knew about this too. As verse 11 says, all the people were afraid. Their hearts sank and their courage failed. Now imagine the fear in a town or village in Syria or northern Iraq a couple of years ago, hearing of what IS were doing when they took over a place. And then when they heard IS had just were now in the town, next town down the road. The people of Jericho were probably experiencing a fear like that, but probably even worse. Probably even worse, because they had heard of God's power and might, and that he was working for his people and against their enemies. But Rahab had true faith. She expresses her faith in verse 11. Now look down at this verse with me. She said she knew Israel's God is the God of heaven above and earth below. Therefore, she must have realised that because God is the only true and living God, Jericho, despite all its fortifications, stood no chance fighting against him. There was to be slaughter. There was to be complete destruction. So what does Rahab do? Well, she casts herself on God's mercy. Now, you see, this is important. You see, true faith is always more than mere knowledge about God and his power. True faith seeks God's mercy, his undeserved kindness and forgiveness. See, Rahab knew knew she needed mercy in the coming judgment. In verses 12 and 13, she sought it by asking the spies to show her kindness, that's mercy, by sparing her and her family's lives when the Israelites attacked Jericho. The spies agreed. She gathered her family into her house and tied a scarlet cord outside her window in the city wall. The Israelites would spare her and her family. So Rahab and her family were to escape the catastrophe about to fall on Jericho, which, as I've indicated, was God's judgment on the people of that city. Now we'll hear more about why God will do that later in this series on Joshua. Now what we need to know today is that Rahab wanted to be with God, not against him. 
So Rahab and her family were to be rescued when judgment came to Jericho. Now, uh, we too face a judgment. As we probably know, this, that will be when Jesus returns to judge each one of us and to bring the complete victory over God's enemies, won by his death and resurrection. The world as we know it, the world as we know it now, will end, it will be destroyed, and God's new creation will be brought in. The, the disobedient, that is those who do, who do not turn to Christ as Lord and Saviour, in obedience and faith, will suffer eternal punishment. But those who trust in Christ as their Lord and Saviour have found mercy, have found God's kindness, and so will be saved from God's wrath on that day. And instead, enjoy, and they'll enjoy eternal life in God's new creation. Now, think with me a bit more for a moment about Rahab's faith. Now, when she asked the spies to show her family kindness by sparing them, imagine the trust that she had to place in them. She placed a scarlet cord outside her home. But I don't know about you, but I think it would have been difficult for her not to have experienced moments of doubt or nervousness about what might actually happen. How will it all work out? Will the Israelites keep their promise? Will the spies be able to convince Joshua and the Israelite commanders to spare her and her family? But she had faith. But the amazing thing is, don't we have better promises for us today written in the Bible to reassure us? For example, I'll just quote two. Here's one. This is a well-known one. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's John 3 verse 16. And here's another verse from John. And Jesus is saying, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him, that's God who sent me, has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. How amazing. What comfort. What assurance. And why is this possible? Why? Because Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross bore When Jesus died on the cross, he bore and took away all God's wrath from those who believe. So that they'll be saved from God's wrath on that day. What assurance, reassurance and hope we have in Jesus. So far we've seen Rahab's faith resulted in a deed. And her faith resulted in her and her family's rescue. Now, more briefly for this point, we see Rahab's faith, Rahab's faith was surprising. Now, what do I mean by this? Now, Rahab, someone who was a pagan Gentile prostitute, is included in the human gene- genealogy of Jesus Christ himself. How amazing, how surprising. Now, Jews just despise Gentiles as being far away from God. So what lessons are for us here? Two, I think. First, no one is too distant to be reached by God's mercy and love. 
even those, even those we might feel are, in quotes, unlikely. And secondly, I think there's something for us when we may feel distant from God. I think probably we all do from time to time. Perhaps we're going, because we're going through a tough time. Maybe a time of ill health or something like that. Or maybe because of something we've done or said in the past, we particularly regret. So we feel that God couldn't possibly love us and receive us. But Jesus' death on the cross dealt with all our sins once and for all. So we can be forgiven. Just release that thing, to, just release that thing. receive God's forgiveness by faith. And the cross opens up the way for us into God's presence and love. We need to continue trusting in Jesus. And fourthly, lastly, the spies report brought courage. Uh, do you recall last week Dan showing us from Joshua chapter 1 that God encouraged Joshua to be strong and courageous because God is with him? God was with Joshua. Now in verse 1 of our chapter, in chapter 2, Joshua sent spies to look over the land. And in the last verse in the chapter, we see their report. Look down at that verse with me. They, the spies, said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. You see, they reported back what Rahab had told them. The fear of the people of Jericho was proof that God was at work for the Israelites. That he will fulfil his promise to give them the land. Now Jericho did seem very hard and resistant with all its apparently impenetrable walls and fortifications. But the people inside those walls were crumbling with fear. So the spies report brought courage that the Israelites could take the land. And this courage is proved by the very first verse in chapter 3, where it says that the Israelites moved from the camp, from where they were camping at the present time. Um, can we the um, map up again? As we said, they were there at the time uh, we're talking about, and then they moved to camp right there by the Jordan, ready to cross the river to enter the promised land. See, they had the courage to do so because of the spies' report. Now, let's just think for a moment about the role Rahab had in enabling God's promise to be fulfilled. It was because she hid the spies from the king of Jericho that they were able to bring um, to Joshua the report that gave courage that the Israelites could take the land. She protected them from being executed, in effect. So they were able to um, bring that encouraging report back to Joshua. Now Rahab was a non-Jew, a pagan, a prostitute far away from God. So for us, never think that our background before we believed is too disqualifying or that our faith is too weak, or that our Bible knowledge too little, or whatever it may be, we think we have too little of, that we cannot be used significantly in God's 
purposes in the world today. So, that little help we give in the church, the hospitality we show someone, or the little bit of encouragement from God's word we give to someone, we might not know how God could use such good deeds in fulfilling his plans for the spread of the gospel. So the spies report gave courage. Now how different from 40 years before, when Moses sent 12 spies into the land, 10 of the 12 spies came back with an extremely negative report. The people were too strong. The Israelites believed that report, so they rebelled. Now 40 years later, a new generation had arisen that would be faithful and would trust God's promises. Now, the promises of God can bring us courage and strengthen us. Personally, for ourselves in a personal way, his promises of sure eternal hope for all who trust in Christ. And also his promises to be at work in others, maybe in ways we cannot see as we pray and share the good news about Jesus. Even perhaps when the things are tough, or when there's opposition or unresponsiveness. And there's a promise that Jesus, our great and victorious, strong and courageous leader, will totally implement his victory when he returns. We have that to look forward to if we believe. Let's pray. Now, as our heads are bowed, now just think back to a moment about Rahab's faith. That she moved from just a knowledge about God and his power to actually seeking God's mercy and forgiveness. Now, ask ourselves whether we, like Rahab, have moved, as I said, from just knowing about God and his power to seeking his mercy and his forgiveness Are we aware, are we really actually aware of our need for this, for his mercy and forgiveness? That is, we're imperfect, sinful people. So therefore, without trusting in Christ, we're living without him, facing a future judgment before a holy and righteous God. Now let me pray. Father God, Thank you that we can know your mercy and love. That through your son, we can have forgiveness and certain hope of salvation on that future day. May our lives, by our deeds and involvement with your people, show the genuineness of our faith and bring glory to you as we trust in your promises. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.